we just did a lot of things, you know? Hello, and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. We are, again, far apart, but we were close together this weekend as I came out to New York with Ellen and Audrey to visit you. It is truly amazing that you can go so far these days. (laughs) (laughs) I texted or I snapped Ellen last night a picture of the Chrysler building Mm -hmm. because we had been right there looking at it earlier in the day. And I was like, this morning you were here looking at it in person. And now you're on the other side of the world, country. 2,444 miles away. Yeah. So crazy. Pretty crazy. But it was really nice to have you all here. Um, It was my sister Audrey's sweet 16, her birthday party, uh, or birthday, and I feel like I got the gift. (laughs) Because you all came out to visit me. It worked. Which was really lovely. Yeah, it worked because it was a long weekend, and uh, it worked for all of us to travel, and... That was really special for Audrey to be with the whole family. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. It was it was good to have her. Yeah. We got to see um, some of your haunts, which was really important for us to walk around in the streets where you walked. And we got to see where you audition and stayed in line for the auditions, where everybody goes to audition. That was... Uh, um, really interesting. It, it looks like studios here, but to know that that's where the Broadway auditions take place, it was great to be there in person. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a whirlwind weekend. I feel like we definitely uh, lived at the pace of New Yorkers through it. <laughs> um, we did so many things. So thank you for traipsing around and going to all of my things. It is nice when you're talking to someone across the country to be able to envision exactly where they are and. Say, okay, because I know even just the first time that you came out and visited me in September, after that, you had a lot more specific questions about, like, okay, so what train are you taking? And, Mm -hmm. okay, you're walking east, and I I know where that is, and that's kind of nice to have those specifics. Yeah, definitely. And the landmarks in the city, and to know, okay, when you're auditioning, you're in this part of the city, and when you're going to work, you're in this part of the city. So it was fun with my sisters being there because they are here less often mm-hmm. or less recently they have been. Audrey is funny. I feel like she's kind of old hat because she went to New York last year for her birthday too. Uh, you guys in, did, right? In April for spring to be her break, birthday? we went on spring okay, break. Okay, okay. It was mm-hmm. April. So she knows what's up. Ellen has been a while since Ellen was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of funny. She kept making funny comments about um, just like – how do you know all these things? You know, like the she was trying to figure out the subway system and had all these questions. It was fun to share that with her. But I, I realized, I think she mentioned at some point, oh, it, it's kind of like the subway or like the freeway system in L.A. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, because I know f- a few of the freeways from growing up in L.A., but she knows every one of them, like the back of her hand and where they go and what part of the the state they go to and I have no idea yeah so it's just you know you you learn from where you live 
Yeah, I was thinking about it today, just even driving to Eagle Rock for my meeting, and the it's only six miles away, and you travel maybe two or three miles between places, mm-hmm. maybe two, Yeah. but you have to take yeah. the subway ride, but the, um, so the proximal distance is everything, everything is more spread so out here, yeah. Everything is more spread out there, but you you also can get there faster. Like how many how many miles do we go to Eagle Rock? That's about six? six or seven miles and it takes about and it fifteen takes minutes. Fifteen minutes. I go two and a half miles into Manhattan and it takes me an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such a different lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the a fast and slow pace of life, the and that you just recognize that this is what it's gonna take me. Um, yeah, I just don't think day. about things in terms of distance here. I only think of them in terms of time. Yeah. It's kind of funny when, when Google's like, it's one mile away. And I'm like, oh, it is? And then I'm like, oh, it's no, it's it'll be a half hour. <laughs> right. Well, and unless you do walk, does anybody ever walk across the bridge where you live from Long Island City to Manhattan? Or is that not possible? I don't know if there's a walking part of it. It seems like in the summertime, a lot of people would bike across it to work if they could. Yeah. I know I, I learned that there's a ferry that goes across from, and it's far, far faster from Long Island City to Manhattan, but I haven't figured out exactly where it comes and goes from. Yeah, it would only be faster if it dropped you near where you needed to go. <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. <laughs> that is interesting. And then we got yeah. to do some kind of local fun uh, things, the the Brooklyn Bridge Walking across. Yes, walked across the Brooklyn which Bridge. Which I hadn't done. It was a cold day, but it was a beautiful sunny day. So, Yeah, it was still clear outside, which is what you Yeah, need. into the little neighborhood of Dumbo, which was fun. Mm-hmm. And the um, famous uh, store, Milk, uh, yes. Milk Bar, which we didn't go to the main one, but we went to one in Williamsburg because I wanted to see Williamsburg. Each borough in Manhattan has its own distinct personality. So I wanted to see the different personalities. Such a distinct personality. And even more than the borough, because like technically that borough is Brooklyn, like which is giant, mm-hmm. but all of the neighborhoods inside are, and I, I guess that's probably true everywhere. I mean, you could find, we could give attributes about the specific neighborhoods in Pasadena too, between right. Hastings Ranch and La Cunada and Orange County. I don't know. That's a different city altogether, but. But I, it does seem like they're very staunch in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, we went through Williamsburg, and then one block over, it was so different. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, we're in a different part of town all of a sudden. Yeah, and it probably has a different nickname. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to think about how that uh, works. Yeah, we do have it. I would say we divide it by... Um, architectural style possibly generation that it was built here the the Mm -hmm. houses on our block were built in the 20s two blocks away the houses were built in the 50s the houses in Hastings Ranch neighborhood were built in the 50s but then Mm -hmm. after that then you kind of can divide it um by uh ethnic grouping like what is the predominant ethnic grouping and I think that's what you do right in Manhattan, New York areas too. Definitely. The, 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 Which I'm sure is more 
pronounced here because we were like the first place anyone ever went when they came through Ellis Island. Although the groups so, groups have changed because where our friends the Fritchies live, Bay Ridge used to be Scottish, right? Or Swedish? Norwegian. Norwegian. Yeah, it used to be Swedish and Norwegian. Okay. Scandinavian. Yeah, and now it's and now it's mostly Chinese. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very different. Yes, and funny. we have that too. A friend of mine is Japanese, and she had participate in the internment camps during World War Two, wow. and or her family did. And yeah. um, so the neighbor, so the people were just rounded up and pulled away overnight. You know, that's today. I just saw a post about that. Today is the day in 1940, whatever nine. Um, that 44. the president, Put 44, that the president issued, um, the legislation that that could happen, that internment camps could open. Wow. Well, no, I wonder because 41 is when the bombing of took place and, um, wow. And so they would have round up the Japanese people after that for fear. Yeah. Um, so my friend who is an author writes about the Japanese community in Little Tokyo and then how when they came back new people had been mo- moved into their stores that had appeared abandoned and um, so now they are um, a lot of those stores Little Tokyo is kind of having a resurgence but it's far smaller than it used to be and it's more Hispanic now Oh, Hispanic. That's so interesting. And we have, in Pasadena, we always talk about the good Armenian food we have here because we have um, people from Armenia, but the people in Pasadena from Armenia are always distinguished from the people in uh, Glendale and Burbank who are from different countries, are Armenian in culture, but from different countries. But you're right. You have that right. a lot closer, exactly. closer together. All those things. Yeah, it was, I just looked at the text, or the thing again. It's 1942. Okay, that makes sense. So, right, because it was December 7th, 1941, that that happened. Wow. A day to remember. We also uh, went together to the 9-11 memorial. Mm. Uh, That was good. Ellen had had seen it under construction when she was there. In 2011, 12? Yeah. 2012, I guess it was. And, um, no, that doesn't make sense because it was, it was finished in 2011, the 10-year anniversary. Anyway, we hadn't all been there together, so that was interesting to see that moving. Yeah. And yeah, you mentioned that there was construction last year on the mall or something. That might be what you're thinking of. Mm. When you were there with Audrey or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it was. I, I think I need to do a Sabbath reflection of the weekend. I was thinking about it earlier today and just draw a little picture mm-hmm. because um, they, we just did so much. And I just talked to Sierra about it, my best friend. And uh, I was like, um, we just did a lot of things, you know, which is kind of what New York is for and what tourism is for. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I, there was less just like sitting and looking at each other and going, we're all in the same room. And mm-hmm. breathing there. So I think I have to do that a little bit now to re- regroup. 
We had times of lounging on the uh, beds in the hotel before we went from one place to the next, but we kind of always had our mindset on the next place. And... The next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did, um, we did have a nice uh, debrief after De- Dear Evan Hansen. I'm glad that Dad initiated that. That was a remarkable night, Dear Evan Hansen. Broadway so musical. Dear Evan Hansen is a musical, Tony Award winning from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal. Um, I One of the reasons I am so impressed with it is because every single character in that production uh, story is pretty fully developed. Hmm. And it's hard to find a musical where even the characters that are not the main characters... Um, have like fully developed stories and and characters and people. Yeah, it's um, only so that's what I appreciate. Uh, it was interesting to learn that there's only eight people in the cast. Right. The one boy who helps with the emails, he probably has the least developed character. But I also think, like Audrey was saying, that that's the way that he played the role. Oh, I wonder. Because I know that the guy that originally played that, the role, Jared, is the character's name, who is, that guy's now going to be in Be More Chill, the musical, um, played it very differently, and was much more um, kind of dry-humored, as far as I understand from the soundtrack, Hmm. than this Jared. I don't know. Yeah. It was really phenomenal to see on so many levels. Uh, I was thinking about the phrase that Dad often says. Uh, when we watch something, it's not all about a story that we like, but it's about a story that is like me. And oh yeah, there's so many nuances to the storyline of that of any because it's a family story, so of any family, practically, mm-hmm. um, of what it's like where you see yourself or you hear yourself saying, I could have said that in, in one of the lyrics or one of the scenes. So it's, it's so uh, yeah. moving because of that. That is, I mean, the more that I think about that phrase, the truer and truer it gets. Because it, yeah, and usually the things that are like me, I'm a little uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's like a little too close to home. But if it was just things that I liked, I would never learn anything. Because I already like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or, or you know. So you would listen to that music. Go ahead. You you resonate when you hear, you hear something said, and you think, oh, that I wish I said that. <laughs> That's yeah, not. right, right. That would have been a better response. <laughs> I like that rehearsed response right there. Exactly. But um, or or but yeah, definitely heard the stinging moments where you go, ah, oh, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been. I've said that. Oh, shoot, I've said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You did, you asked me at intermission if the big songs like You Will Be Found, there were more people singing, and I was like, no, no, it's just reverb. And then they opened, they did the next song, and I was like, oh, wait, no, there's tons of people singing. I just forgot about it in the moment. Um, so to re-answer your question, the so- social media is singing. Oh. Because he's looking at all the like, Facebook and the tweets and the YouTubes and whatever. Okay. And all of those... Uh, those voiceovers are a lot of them are actually big Broadway stars. Like while they had like a little piece that Sutton Foster was doing or something, Jen Colella is in it. You can still hear her in it. And, no way. Um, other Broadway people. 
So when in that, you're right. There's like many, many, many voices and beautiful giant chords because it's like the whole social internet singing at slash with Dear Evan Hansen. Evan Hansen. That's so striking. Well, it was so striking visually to see when he everybody was facing away from him and then mm-hmm. the moment when everybody And then later they did turn him. around. That just give me chills. Oh. Yeah, that was... So good. That was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and you night. were talking about how much you learned from the main character who's 16 years old, the new actor. Yeah, Andrew Barth Feldman um, won the Jimmy, which is like the Tony Awards for high schools, mm. um, last year. And now he's 16 and he's playing Darren Hanson on Broadway and I just cannot understand. <laughs> I can tell where he's going to, like, grow into himself and to his voice a little bit, like, vocally. Hmm. Um, he was awesome. But there were just parts that was like, okay, like, male voices is, are, especially aren't um, fully developed till they're th- almost 30 years old. Hmm. That's when you're at your vocal peak. Hmm. So he's got a ways to go. <laughs> you know, he's going to – he has great potential. Mm-hmm. But his acting – was so consistent mm-hmm. and you mentioned that at intermission because and I thought of too because you work with people not people I guess with quite that many ticks or something usually but the kind of social anxiety or the mm-hmm. the under that's what you do as a brain trainer is to fun- strengthen those underlying processes in in school and in interaction that people that can function better right yeah yeah, it's fun to see that, and and then I hear the stories of that from their, their moms and um, their parents because you're teaching them right the, now. The um, amazing thing was to see that they did. Um, he did those ticks that he had. He had his chosen ticks, and he did them consistently. But you pointed out when he, when things were going well from them for him, he stopped taking his anxiety medication, and he's his ticks really calmed down. They kind of calmed down. Yeah, it, it was a great testament that at, at intermission you asked me, "Is that real? <laughs> Is he really doing that? Right. You know, like, do you think he ever does it outside where he just that's become part of right. it? Right now he can't stop. <laughs> now he can't stop because <laughs> it was it was so consistent. Yeah, and I just as an actor kept thinking how exhausting that must be mm-hmm. in a different way. I was impressed because I know that when. Um, uh, ben Platt did it on Broadway. He full ugly, ugly cried like tears, snot tears, mm. in the end of that musical. Every single night, every matinee. My goodness, Ooh. how did he do that? How? How did he do that? <laughs> he first of all, he has to overhydrate himself every night because he's gonna lose so much moisture. Huh. Um, he was yeah, he super had to take care of himself, and people asked him in interviews all the time. And he mostly was just like, yep, it's hard. You know, he like, didn't have a lot of answer, except that he has the capacity to do that. Wow. Andrew Feldman didn't mm. do that. And it didn't take away from the performance. And that's what I was impressed by. Because um, he was able to hold it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Yeah, and Andrew didn't have to cry that way. Not like didn't have to, as if Ben Platt would have been bad if he hadn't. I don't know. Um, 
Was it in that? But last I think where song? Andrew especially, yeah. It, well, when he when the secret comes out, when, oh. when the whole secret comes words out, and fail he's, like, is when he cries. Words fail. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and Andrew did a amazing job at acting it, but I could tell that he like he wasn't actually mm-hmm. crying mm-hmm. tears. So he he saved a little bit of that emotional part of himself. Mm-hmm. But he. Which is fine because he was working so hard at the other things Mm -hmm. just to keep all of that. And he's still like only a month into performances. So he's got to at least sometimes be thinking about Mm -hmm. how often he's doing each tick and where it is. Yeah. Really, really impressive. Mm. I had this little fantasy uh, thought through it of like, what if I do get to act with him someday? That would be really fun. That would be so exciting. There's a great kind of story about that with um Corey Cotton Laura Osnes mm. of course they went because Laura was already on Broadway mm-hmm. in I think at probably South Pacific after she had done Greece mm. and Corey Cott was still in school at um oh dear I think he went where did he go Carnegie Mellon mm. and Laura Osnes knew a few other friends and so um of like like mutual friends of Corey's and so Corey and his friends came to New York to visit hmm. and got to go to Laura's house to say hi and Laura like brought them in and made them cookies and like the all the things you would expect Laura Osnes <laughs> to do um and Corey Cott tells that story in an interview just to be like I was just a I was just a student and I was just awestruck by Laura and you know four years later they're starring on Broadway together that's really exciting it's kind of fun. That's a nice dream to have. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the dance studio where you might take classes or things like that, too. Broadway Dance Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you have been around, you were around 10 years ago when you first went to, well, eight years ago. Yeah. When eight years ago. When you first went to New York. Thank you, Theater 360. As much as Theater 360 was like a hard summer mm-hmm. i got a lot out of it <laughs> i'm still going back to it yeah uh yeah that 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 was really great to see the whole picture so for this production for dear evan hansen would they rehearse in a rehearsal space or would they rehearse on the stage because they already the show's already up mm-hmm. they'll rehearse on the stage as far as I understand they just come like Andrew will learn his lines beforehand and they will rehearse a few times during the daytime with the director or stage manager and then they have a put in rehearsal where you put in the new person Mm. which is kind of like a cue to cue Mm -hmm. um, for a tech run where they like do most of the show but they kind of block it through you know Hmm. half sing it etc and often a, a they just get one put in rehearsal and then they go on that night <laughs> for Andrew because he's so young and it's a giant part. They probably had a, f- a few like quite a few kind of things and he might have maybe not because of the press of this show, but that might be a kind of thing where like he acts as the understudy for a little while and then flips on to being the star or something. Mm. I don't know. And did the new girl come on at the same time? Zoe? No, no. She's been there a while. Since the, the the summer or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Dad and I saw him, saw her last time. But we saw a different Evan. 
I was impressed by her, which I commented to you, that um, she was so still and attentive. Yeah. Um, she didn't take away from the scene, which I thought was authentic because most of the time when he was talking, you he was either telling a story or giving an explanation, so you would be listening attentively to him. That was good. I did. There's something counterintuitive about... Um, when you're trying to act someone or, you know, uh, but it is true to real life, just about power and, uh, clarity. Hmm. When people are clear about what they want or who they are, or they are the ones in power in the situation, they're very grounded and they do stand still. Hmm. It, it, and everyone else comes to them. Wow. But when you think about being in power, you think about being the one to do things and, like, to be the leader. Mm -hmm. And that's a big misconception that people have in real life and in uh, acting. That that person should be the one to move around and be interesting and do all the things. Interesting. So it, it, it really is a great testament to these actors. Obviously, they're on Broadway. They know what they're doing. Hmm. Um, because... You get you you get to trust Zoe by the fact that she doesn't move, mm-hmm. and you you do see how how much power she has over Evan and um yeah just how comfortable she is even in her teenage skin because she's not she's not trying hard mm-hmm. she's just like being it's kind of nice and uh, I liked Connor I mean he's obviously the kind of the anti-character but I thought he did a good job being effective at it and he was super effective saying his lines to get Evan to think and the audience to think yeah I agree it was a like a he's like the anti-hero is that what you would call that Mm -hmm. because there's no there's no villain in this story Right. He, 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 I think, yeah, I, it's could pretty be... impressive because Connor has a has a weird part. It's not like he has any like giant songs of his own or I want songs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not alive most of the show, but he's very developed, and you do get to see a lot of the layers of who mm-hmm. Connor is and how uh, how troubled he was as a real human, mm-hmm. which is a testament to the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job, Pasek and Paul. The one... Well, he said more than one line, but... um, Who was it? The... Alana? Dropped a line of her, of her motivation. Both of them. Yeah, Connor said the line near the beginning to mm-hmm. Evan. Yes. Something like... You're just trying to trap me because you want everyone else to think I'm bad. Yeah. Which just said everything about his own paranoia. Yeah. And anxiety. And Alana gets to sing. She says a few lines later, but near the beginning, she sings the reprise to Evan's song mm-hmm. about feeling left out. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's the, like, leader of everyone, popular kid, really knows what she's doing. So the fact that she also would sing on the outside, always looking in. I thought that was powerful. And it was such both of them. simple, but really poignant. Yeah, you could easily miss it, but uh, it was. They, I felt. I felt like they both landed it, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, could see the gravity of what they said, even though everything 
kept all the action kept moving. Right. Yeah. Really, really well done. Well earned, Tony. And the mom, Evan's mom, was incredible in her three big songs, and and her acting. Those are part. the songs that first turned you on to the musical, right? Well, you played uh, for me. Anybody have a map? You said, Mom, there's this song yeah. that you'll like. And then it's the first song in the musical. And then I listened to it. And I said, well, let's listen to the rest of it. So, But, yeah, that's a fantastic song. I've played that for my class before because <laughs> it's so on the nose of the mom experience of a teenager. So when you played it, I couldn't remember if you'd actually played it for your class because you were nervous about playing it for your Yeah, I wasn't sure. Of, I don't have all. It's parents of of. Children with special needs. Yeah, right? exceptional children. I don't have all teenagers, parents of teenagers. Right. I have parents of elementary schoolers. So I don't want to jade them and go, guess what you're looking <laughs> Look what you have to look forward to. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, but they have, in their own ways, had that experience saying, I don't have a map. I don't, I'm just doing the best that I can in this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they all, everybody liked it. And, um, and then to see what was interesting because you can hear the difference in the mom's voices on the recording mm. but to see yeah. how they are played differently and how a person with money like um Connor's family clearly has a lot of money so his mom has gotten to do a deep dive Zoe says you know mm-hmm. when you're rich and you don't have anything to do this is what you get into and uh that's such a dig but it's so true and then uh uh, and and then um Evan's mom working so hard yeah to yeah to make ends meet and her pride and how she's tried to figure out life with her son this whole time it's really powerful which again is like a, a great moment of Evan's mom probably looking at people like Connor's mom and saying oh you've got it so easy Right. You're married, you have a man that's providing for you, or just anyone else providing for you, and you can just, like Evan says later, like, who just has to be a mom? Yeah. Um, and yet they're both, neither of them have a map. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard for both of them. Which is good for, I mean, that's nice for the audience to see, to go, oh, yes. That's right. Like, We're all trying to figure it out. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I liked the way it ended. I didn't expect that. That was nice. When it's such a hard story, I do remember listening to the soundtrack the first few times and just being like, how in the world do they resolve this? Yeah. Like, the whole story is about needing belonging and suicide and lies. Mm-hmm. Like, how? How do you unravel from that, <laughs> you know? And I remember looking it up on Wikipedia and just, like, reading the synopsis to be like how what how does this happen (laughs) and still not quite getting it but it's it's really powerful in them and Mm -hmm. props to the lighting team because they really help the audience out in some moments of breathing when the the whole backstage became the whole psych in the back became like beautiful deep blue and which is such good psychological color scheme to just the whole audience to be like okay (laughs) So dramatic. We learned that originally from Daddy when he took us through the emotional 
boards. Oh, like storyboarding? Storyboards at, at DreamWorks yeah. when they make a, especially when they make an animated film because they have less to work with without the humans. Mm-hmm. So they use the colors to, ch- to change, to garner the emotion and the, this was pronounced. Yeah. Um, that you felt like you could breathe at the end and look at the sky and yeah, it resolves. So good. In a great way. It made me think that's like the big one of the big th- differences between a low budget and a professional show is just the the money for good lighting. Because if we, were, mm. I was thinking about like picturing me doing it at Trevecca, like in college or something, and the fact that we would work really hard. My director at the time was was good at designing lighting and working it out per scene. Um, but it was usually like per scene, not Mm. seven or eight lighting cues within one song to really get the audience to Mm. be with you on the emotional journey. It makes a big difference. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, that was, that was our, our big theater adventure. We did go see another theater piece, Mm -hmm. which was kind of off Broadway, which was fun, fun and kind of slapstick uh puffs but it, it needed to be really inside humor and two of the four of us were really inside <laughs> to yeah. all the jokes some of them passed over my head when i was like okay that must have been something so yeah puffs <laughs> is the the musical or not musical of off-broadway play telling the story of all seven years of harry potter told from the perspective of hufflepuffs so mm-hmm. if you know harry potter and it really does take lots of things from the books and the movies, like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really enjoy it. And I commented afterwards and just like, I think this this musical or play, this play would be best experienced. If you were tipsy. If you were a, a really tipsy <laughs> Harry Potter fan. <laughs> you got to really yeah. know Harry Potter and you got to be ready to kind of like laugh at the silly things and like just be... yeah. Just not have a, I not like not. It was some of it is witty, but anyway, it was a good mm-hmm. time, but uh, just a very different experience. Yeah, yeah. So and and then it was great to go up the Upper East Side to see your where you go to church and meet your friends up there yeah. and eat at a whole bunch of different kinds of restaurants. Um, my favorite of the weekend was Dig In. I'm glad you liked it. I went there just the week before and thought, yep, taking my parents here. They're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would go there every day if I could. It reminded me a lot of four, but a little bit. Uh, and it's kind of a combination of four and urban plates. So Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Really good. Good clean eating. So. Good. It was great. Great to see you in your your place. And, and now we are back to to being... 2,444 miles apart. That's right. Something else. Grateful for the flight home, smooth flight home, and getting back to L.A. Sunny here today, and life is getting back on schedule. Good. Well, mine is two. We rearranged my room while you were here, so I feel like I have a a little reminder that you were here. And um, we'll continue on with our lives. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. Have a good week. I'm giving you, you a hug. Hug. And a high five. <laughs> Bye, Ingrid. Bye, Mama.
Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.